0: well it is a fun day to be at church really glad you're here today and just the life that's in this room and in this building And, you know, as we get started today, I want you to think for a moment if you have ever had a day um, or a situation where you just flopped down on your couch or you hung your phone up and you thought, I did not see that coming. Like, have you ever had that meeting where or, or that conversation and, you know, the conversation that you stayed up for, you know, for multiple hours stressing about and when it was over, you thought, I just saw that going differently And on the other side of that ends up being what we often refer to as storms. And storms happen for all kinds of reasons. Storms happen for uh, reasons that you caused. You're the cause of a lot of the storms in your life. You're the one who, uh, you know, chose to buy something that you couldn't afford. Or maybe the person that you chose to marry chose to buy something you couldn't afford. But you made a choice at one point and, and storms happen because you know our, our boss is an idiot you've had that storm happen you know you, you've had a storm happen probably if you have kids because you know they decided they were going to be teenagers if you're a teenager you've had storms happen just because you're a teenager or because your parents you know were parents see and storms sometimes happen because of things we do and because of things that other people do. But it doesn't change the reality that storms are things that we inevitably walk through. Storms that are big. Some of us have had storms that have altered the course of our lives. If you're the child of a broken home, your storm happened when your parents decided to split. And no matter how old you get, that storm continues to rear its head in your life at some moment. In some way and often in a surprising way depending on some decisions that you made as a teenager you have seen storms rear their heads in ways that you just really didn't expect you really didn't expect that to come back that way you really didn't expect that decision to play out the way that you did and so storms happen and we feel the ripple effects of storms and storms are big and storms are small but but storms happen and they happen on a daily basis they happen when you walk into A doctor's office and the doctor says you know it's come back the cancer's come back and this Christmas we'll be reminded of some storms when we sit at a table and we look at a seat that used to be occupied by a person that we said last year I don't want to talk to you anymore or a person who said that to us Maybe you've had the relational storm this past year, and, and sometimes those storms happen relationally when people just you just kind of grow apart. But it happens. And, and storms, here's what a storm is. This is really important. A storm is just something you didn't see coming. And it's just when life doesn't play out the way that you expected it to play out. I, I remember when um, when I turned 35. And one of the things that I realized at 35, it's somewhere in the 35 to 40-year-old range. I don't know if this happens for women, but it happens for men. Sometime in the 35 to 40-year-old range, a man looks up and goes, is this it? Like, this is everything I worked for? Like, I thought it would feel different at this moment. I thought I'd be further along at this moment. I thought I would have these things figured out at this moment. I thought, like, these things would just not be bothering me the way that they're bothering me anymore. I I thought I would be at the top by now. Or I thought when I got there, it would feel different than it feels. Another storm that happens is when God doesn't do what we think he should do. And regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, at some point, something has happened in your life, and God did not do what you thought he should do. God didn't step in and stop the storm. God didn't step in and work things out the way that you thought he should. And in that moment then, we wonder, does God know that this storm happened? Does God care that this storm happened? Could God have stopped this storm from happening? See, and the hard thing about storms in our lives is that they are the the great revealer of our lives. Right, hard times, reveal where we are and where we aren't faster and more than anything else, right? Hard times financially reveal where we are faster than anything else. When you go into the doctor and they say, hey, you know, you should probably, I don't know, not die and eat better, right? I remember a few years ago, and the doctor looked at my blood work, and he goes, huh, that's not good now in that moment I I could have looked at him and be like well I feel like your piece of paper is lying to us both (laughs) but it revealed where I was see hard times storms in our lives have a way of revealing where we are spiritually where we are financially where we are emotionally where we are relationally see and you might be wondering you know storms don't feel like a Christmas topic like they don't feel like an Advent topic but the reality is is that right now if you're not in a storm, if you look back in your life and you see the successions of storms, you, you know one's coming. But when we look at storms and we look at them and through the lens of life not going the way that we planned and God not doing the things that we thought He was going to do, that is literally the story of Advent. The story of Advent is people waiting, the people of God waiting for God. 400 years of silence. Do you think in that moment in between the Old and New Testament where God sends no new prophets, no new words, no new miracles, nothing for 400 years, whole generations die without hearing from God, do you think that they went and thought, man, I really just saw that going differently? I really thought for sure that God would have spoken. I really thought for sure God would have done this by now. I really thought for sure God would have sent the Messiah that he has promised for." years for hundreds of years and nothing and so advent is the as jesus enters in he comes into the storm and then jesus leaves and says i'm coming back again to one day remove all the storms and so advent is not only the looking back but also the looking forward of how we live in the storms of life see and in this series we've been looking for matthew 1 Where in the Gospel of Matthew, the writer says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Which is translated, God is with us. And so storms happen all the time. There's a chance you had a storm on the way to church today. There's a chance you'll have one at some point today. There's a chance this coming week you're going to have a storm. We had one in our house last night where our 12-year-old walked in at 12:30 and said, "Hey dad, I threw up, but I think I'm okay." I went, nah, "That's not how that works." And 5 times later to the bathroom at 4 a.m., I'm like, "This is going to be a long Sunday." But here's one of the things that happens in a storm, and it's the question that I have, and it's probably the question you have. Is God with me in the storm? Is God with me in the doctor's office? Is God with me at school? Is God with me in my living room this Christmas? Is God with me? And what's amazing in Mark, there's two stories in in Mark's gospel that I think are really, really helpful with this. In Mark chapter four, this is what it says in verse 35. On that day when the evening had come, Jesus told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. And so they left the crowd together and took him along since he was in the boat and the other boats were with him. And so Jesus had just got done teaching And so he's tired and he says to his disciples, who mostly are all fishermen, he says, hey, let's go out in the boats. And a great, great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. And so they woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? And Jesus got up, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, silence, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I don't know if you've ever been out on a boat when a storm came up, or, whenever you, or if you've been out on a boat and all of a sudden it just got rockier and you thought, you know what, I should have stayed on land. But in this moment, Jesus' disciples, who mostly, like I said, are, are fishermen, so they are used to being out in the water now storms over the water especially in the in the middle east and israel now the sea of galilee is surrounded by hills and mountains on all four sides and so a storm comes up over those hills and you are not expecting it now in this culture they didn't have their like weather apps they couldn't like check to see what the radar had to say i mean they literally went out and they're like all right we can probably get back I mean, so so a storm for them comes out of nowhere. Now, here's what's amazing. I think it's absolutely fascinating that Jesus gets into the boat, and he's tired, so he goes to sleep. What a great place to take a nap on a boat. It's just rocking, right? And what do his disciples do? They do exactly what we do. Don't you care? You and I have had this moment where we have said to God, Don't you care? We have hung up the phone with tears streaming down our face and said, God, don't you care? We have sat in the doctor's office, sat in the principal's office, and said, God, don't you care? We have watched friends suffer and said, God, don't you care? I I love... One of the things I love about the Bible is I love the dark questions it includes. Because some of us wonder, can I ask God, don't you care? And I love that Jesus' disciples sit in the boat and say, don't you care? How could you sleep? Don't you know what's going on? How could you just take a nap? Don't you care? Do you care that this storm is happening? Don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care that I don't know how to get out of this? See, and this is exactly how many of us feel. When a storm hits us and we say, God, don't you care? Don't you know the plans that I had for my life, God? They were good plans. Don't you care? saying all what jared wilson who's a pastor he said jesus slept in the storm not because he didn't care but because he was in control that the gospel is a lullaby to the anxious soul see in sleeping jesus shows us what we should be anxious about see earlier in his ministry in matthew 6 jesus said therefore don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own But most of us get anxious and and get stressed about the storm that's coming. Did you ever do this? Did you ever do the imagined storm? Did you ever get mad at somebody for the imagined storm that's coming? Did you ever have that fight in your marriage, maybe? Possibly? The people looking straight at me right now have never done that, everybody else has. They don't wanna look at the person to the side. They're like, if I don't make eye contact, it didn't happen. But we have many times, we get anxious and we get stressed about the storm that didn't happen. I've played out, whole, I've had whole conversations in my mind. Whole conversations. And I always win. But when Jesus calms the storm, his disciples say, who is this? Now this is amazing to me. Jesus' disciples at this point have spent at least a year with him, watching him perform miracles, listening to him teach and they still don't get it. And so like sometimes like we have this idea where we, where we feel bad and we feel guilty and we think I should be further along in my faith. Right here are Jesus' disciples. They, they have just got done listening to him teach. Which you think would be an, an incredible thing. And they get in and Jesus performs this miracle and they're like, who is this? And like, because so many times we have this idea that if Jesus walked into my life, this is what we'll say. Well, if Jesus walked in and told me what to do, I would, I would do it. I would know it was him. I would listen to him. I would do exactly what he, no, you wouldn't. I mean, Jesus' disciples didn't even know who he was. And they're sitting on this boat, and they're like, now, here's what's amazing. When they say, who is this? They literally got mad that he was asleep. So they thought he could do something. And then when they do something, they're like, whoa. Like, I didn't, I don't, did you know he could do that? I didn't know he could do that. See, and this is our struggle with God because, and this is why storms happen on a very deep spiritual level, because we believe and know that God should do something and can do something, and then he doesn't do something. The disciples are in the boat going, Jesus could do something. We've seen him do things. We've seen him do things for other people. I mean, this is a storm a lot of us have. God did that for somebody else. He healed somebody else, but he didn't heal me. He fixed their marriage, but didn't fix my marriage. He gave them the perfect teenager, and I didn't, get, I didn't get him at all. And so a storm rolls in, and you hear the disciples go on, Jesus, you have performed miracles for other people. Why don't you do it for me? And then when he does it, they go, well, who is this? See, here's the other thing, and, and I say this very tentatively. But sometimes in a storm, have you ever had the well-meaning friend? And they mean so well. When they come and they say, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. Can I tell you something? That's a lie. That's actually not in the Bible. What the Bible says is that God will not tempt you more than you can handle. You will not be tempted more than you can handle. And God will always give you a way out of that temptation. Now, here's what's something that's really clear from Scripture. You will always get something more than you can handle. And in that moment is the storm. And in that moment is the question of trust. And many times, I'll be honest, um, we all have ways of getting out of our storms. Some of us, we, we try to plan our way out of the storm. Some of us are really detailed people, and we think, fine, just plan my way out of the storm, get a budget out, Excel spreadsheet, we'll be good, we'll get through it. Some of us work our way out of the storms, right? Some of us just take naps. We eat ice cream and take naps and we just go, well, you know what? Like we're going to die in the storm. We should just die with ice cream, (laughs) right? For me, I'm my my thing is I'll just overpower the storm. I'll that's how I'll get through it. I'll just bulldoze through it. That so each one of us have figured out different ways to get through the storm. But in the storm is the question of trust. And in this moment, Jesus is resting, and he's showing us that we can rest in the storm and that we can trust in the storm. A few chapters later, in Mark 6, another storm happens. Right before this storm, Jesus has performed a miracle of feeding over 5,000 people with just a little bit of food. And so you would think the disciples at this point would get the idea that Jesus is powerful, Like, you would think that after, you know, Jesus has calmed the storm, Jesus has fed 5,000 people, you would think that they're going, okay, Jesus is different. But look at Mark 6, what happens. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. And well, into the night, the boat, in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw them straining in the oars because the wind was against them. Very early in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea and wanted to pass by them. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, Jesus spoke with them and said, Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased. I love this. They were completely astounded. They still haven't gotten it yet. But here's what I don't want you to miss. Look at verse 48. Look at what Jesus meant to do. Jesus meant to pass by them. This to me has always been a curious verse. Like Jesus didn't, like he didn't intend to stop. Like he wasn't going to, He was he not going to stop the storm? He meant to pass by them. see this is a really curious phrase because but it also has a lot in biblical history because if you remember last week when we looked at the life of elijah what did god do when he came and spoke to elijah in the mountain in the cave the presence of god passed by him in exodus when god speaks to moses at one point it says that god passed by him one of the things that happens throughout scripture is that god's presence passes by his people to show them who he is, to show them his power, to show them his glory, to show them what he is capable of. And in that passing by, it is then this comfort for us to rest in, God is here. And so it doesn't mean that Jesus was like, you know what, really my intention was to walk by them, but like they asked me to stop. No, Jesus, when it says he meant to pass by them, he's showing us something very, very important. Because sometimes, like, we'll ask this question of, like, didn't Jesus want to help his disciples? And one author said this, the better question isn't whether or not Jesus wanted to help his disciples. But the question is, how did he want to help them? See, Jesus wanted to help his disciples by showing him who he was. By showing them who he was in the storm See, and sometimes this plays out with god calming the storm in somebody else's life while you're in the middle of one sometimes this plays out by god answering somebody else's prayer while you get silence and what it is is god saying i'm showing you that i'm passing by and that I'm at work. See, one of the things that I have learned that's really, really hard to learn in storms is that there are only things that you can learn in a storm about yourself and about God that you can't learn in the calm seas. There are only things that God can teach you in the storm that you can't learn when things are going well. Our attention is heightened in the storm. Have you noticed that in the storm you have a tendency to look more for the presence of God than you do in other situations? Have you noticed that you, you are, you, your prayer life goes to a deeper place in the storm? Have you ever noticed that? Do you find yourself spending more and more time crying out to God? Well, that is God taking you into deeper places in the storm. See, though, and those are things that God reveals and things that God can only do when the storm is raging around you. And in the storm one of the things that god shows us again and again is that he takes us to the end of ourselves so we rely on him see what did jesus disciples do each time they cried out they cried out to him see and i don't know what storm that you're walking in right now and i don't know what storm you're going to walk in, in in the next year but in that place are you crying out? Are you relying? Are you trusting? Are you resting in God? Are you resting in God? See, because a storm is going to come. I want you to think for a moment about a storm that you've just walked through. Can you picture one? It may be a person, maybe a situation at work. Can you picture the storm? Can you picture the moments before the storm can you see like the steps up to the storm can you see those moments like sometimes when we look back we can see like kind of how we got there a a, a few weeks ago this picture popped up on on my facebook memories now this is a picture um, from about two years ago i was sitting in a meeting in tucson arizona at the church that i was on staff at it's a blurry picture i was trying to be really artistic and cool for instagram and But in this meeting so i'm sitting in this meeting okay and 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 the church that i had planted we had just merged with another church and it it was a really big thing and so we were becoming a multi-site church this was pre covid now in this meeting i I don't know if you've ever had a meeting where you're just like so excited and like amped up and you just cannot wait for what's going to happen and you have amazing plans for what's going to happen now here's what here's why i show this picture because right after this meeting in the next several days one of the biggest storms in my life would just envelop me. This is the picture before the storm. And it looks like nothing, I, you know, it's just, you know, and so, but I want you to think about the picture before the storm, before your storm. And so I, I remember when this popped up, and I, and I sent it to a friend of mine in Tucson who had walked with us through the storm. Now, right after this, my boss was gonna, event, was gonna burn out and, and take an eight-week break, and we were gonna scramble To step into the things that he was doing one of my closest staff members that i worked with lied to me and covered it up and it it was unbelievably painful and and over the what would eventually happen over the next 18 months after this meeting was that katie and i would have some uh, pretty intense health issues from the stress that we were walking through and it was the worst literally the worst 18 months of my life started the next day after this meeting And when it popped up, I was actually actually angry because I thought back, I was like, this was supposed to be a great night. And I sent it to a friend of mine, and he said, you know, he said, I'm curious. He said, if you could go back two years, what would you tell Josh from two years ago? And it made me think, what would I tell myself, what would you tell yourself before your last storm? Like, if you could go back, and maybe, you know, sometimes because we think, well, I would go back and tell them, you know, not to do it. I would say, don't do that. Don't date that guy like he's just bad for you. Like, you know, I mean, and and so some, you know, maybe that's what you would do. He said, what would you say to yourself? And I spent a few days just journaling through, like, what I would say to myself. And do you know the thing is, is that as I look back, and I look at everything that God taught me in the last two years, I know that if I hadn't walked through that storm, I don't think I would have learned all of those things. You know, two years ago, as I sat in this meeting, I had never heard of Rehoboth. It, the, I mean, I had. It was just a beach in Delaware. I'd never, I'd never heard of it at all. When, I mean, like, and so I had no idea. I had only visited New England. I, like, two years ago, Katie and I had no plans to live in New England. Like, it wasn't even something we were praying for. We were about to start an eight-month interview process at this church and stay in Tucson for the rest of our lives. And so as I sat there and as I journaled through there, I, I wrote down a couple of things. And, and this is, and, and, if you, and if you check the Storms box on the bottom of your Connect card, I'm going to send these to you. Because I, I hope these might be helpful in a couple of things. So here's a couple of things. If I went back two years, I would tell myself that one to, at some point the storm will pass. I don't know when i don't know how long your storm will be and i don't know how deep the scar will be when it passes but the storm will pass see there are storms that that we walk through and just forget and then there are storms that we walk through that leave a lifelong scar as a reminder but the storm will one day pass my storm lasted 18 18 long months and, and I'm still unraveling some of the things that happened. I would go back and tell myself that even when it gets really dark, the, st- the sun will rise again. That as deep as the scars get, storms mark us, and this is really important. Because those marks and those scars that we carry from storms are things that God wants to teach you. And they're things that God wants to prepare you for, for coming things. See, storms are always preparation. See, Jesus took his disciples through these storms so that, because each one of his disciples outside of Judas went on to have even greater storms as they started his church. The storms that Jesus took his disciples through in Mark 4 and 6 were simply preparations for harder storms. Like, have you noticed, the longer you follow Jesus, the harder your storms get? Have you noticed this? And if, if you're a brand new follower of Jesus, you're thinking, are you serious? But do you know what? Do you know what I've learned in, you know, in, in the several decades of following Jesus that I have? My reliance on Jesus comes faster. His comfort is deeper. And I have the longevity now of looking back going, I, as, as terrible as the storms that I have walked through in my life, I wouldn't, want to, I wouldn't want to have walked life without them because I needed each one of them. See, in a storm, you're going to learn what really matters and what doesn't. Here's an amazing one that I learned is that God sends people into your life when you need them most in the storm. Have you ever noticed how people walk into your life who have, already, who have walked through that storm? And you go, man, how, did, how is it that we just like magically ran into each other? That's God's grace to you. That's just God caring for you. That's God saying, hey, I knew you were going to need someone to walk with you. I knew that you were going to need somebody at some point who was going to carry you. Who was going to lift up your arms when you got really tired. And sometimes you're going to be that friend for people sometimes god's going to take you through a storm so that you can walk alongside of somebody and say we're going to get through this we're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and i know this really hurts right now and i know it's really dark we're going to get through this it's going to we're going to come out on the other side and we're going to do it together and the last thing i told my friend because i'm really stubborn I'm I'm really stubborn. And I said I would go back and tell myself, whatever it is you need to learn in the next 18 months, please learn it so you don't have to do this storm again. But as we get closer to Christmas, as we are remembering Advent, my hope for you today is that whatever storm you're in right now, big or small, or whatever storm awaits you big or small, God is with you. He is with you in the storm. And so I want to close by reading a prayer together. And here's how I want us to respond as we get ready to sing one last song. This comes from a book uh, by Lisa Turkist called It's It Isn't Supposed to Be This Way. It's about handling disappointment and grief. And it's one of the books that I read in these 18 months. And as I read this prayer, I want to invite you to just close your eyes. And then when I say amen, I want to invite you to just pray whatever it is on your heart, whatever it is that that comes to mind right now. It says this, Oh dear God, help me trust you beyond what my physical eyes can see. As the winds of all that's uncontrollable whip around me and thrash against me, I need something to ground me, steady me, Hold me together when circumstances are falling apart. I want to trust you beyond what my eyes can see.